Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by ZipRecruiter, a place where we did not find Kevin Clark. 80% of employers <laughs> do find people by posting a job on ZipRecruiter and getting a quality candidate through the site in just one day. You didn't need to do this. You had clips. Lots of people you do. It's a great me. way to find somebody. Yeah, I emailed you out of the blue. Their powerful technology distributes your job to dozens and dozens of the web's leading job boards, then identifies the right people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Find your version of Kevin Clark. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS and CA. We put up a new episode of The Rewatchables today. We did Creed. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Earliest Rewatchables. I mean, that, and, and well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, timing seemed good because of Black Panther coming yeah. out and making uh, Coogler the hottest director in the country. Um, that is up. Me, Wesley Morris, Sean Fennessy, Cam Collins. It's long. It goes in a whole bunch of directions and includes Sean's revelation that Tiffany Haddish should play Reggie Hammond in the 48 Hours remake, which I was very jealous Ooh. of. Yeah. I should have just uh, edited that out and then stole it from him. <laughs> um, Check out the Ringer NFL show. Lots of free agency stuff all week, including we are taping this. It is 922 Pacific time AM Wednesday morning. Who knows how many more people will get signed by the before we finish this podcast. Coming up, we're going to talk football and a little basketball. Kevin Clark is here. Kevin O'Connor is coming. And we're going to call my dad because he's completely traumatized by the end of the Patriots dynasty. Maybe. We'll see. First Pearl Jam. All right, the ringer's Kevin Clark is here. Um, you did a ringer NFL show yesterday with Mays. I don't care. We're going to talk football again. You're going to talk okay, about all the same things. Let's run it, run it back. back. Well, you didn't do it with me. How are you doing with the Nate Solder departure? Um, It's a lot of money. Yeah. The Pats have, are basically just losing everybody they mm -hmm. had. They've lost a lot of, uh, a lot of veterans. We're going to talk about that with my dad because okay. he's very upset. Let's start with quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins signed... Three years, 86, fully guaranteed. So fully guaranteed means they have to pay him $86 million. He got paid Kirk Cousins, who's not a top 10 quarterback. He's he, he's on the borderline. He's if on you the, want to go seven and nine, he's your sure, guy. Sure, sure. He got $24 million more guaranteed at signing than any player in the history of the NFL. So first, there seems like there's a new paradigm. Shorter contracts, more guaranteed money seems yeah. the new way to go. Why and are they doing it that way? So Because Kirk Cousins wants it that way. Because But he, it's not just Kirk Cousins. It seems like it's a lot of people. Well, I mean, the, the Broncos didn't want to lock in Case Keenum. Case Keenum's happy to take two years 36 with partial guarantees. Obviously, the first year will be fully guaranteed. These guys are realizing. So essentially what happens is anytime a quarterback signs a contract, he immediately becomes a bargain. Yeah. Okay. Because the salary cap rises at least $10 million a year. And then you get into a situation where Aaron Rodgers is the 13th biggest cap hit this year. Mm. All that matters is timing. The, the, the highest paid quarterback is the, the most recent quarterback to sign an extension. And so quarterbacks have started to realize that and said, OK, I'm not going to sign a six year deal, guys. I'm not going to be dramatically underpaid in year four, five and six. I'm just going to take two or three years, keep running it back and keep resetting the market every three years. If Aaron Rodgers was a free agent every three years, he he would own half of the country. Well, wasn't his last contract long? 
yeah, it was, uh, he's still on it. It was signed in 2012. So the old motto is six years, seven years, whatever. You get paid a lot early. And big then, sticker number, $120 million, you know, partial guarantees. Aaron Rodgers has per game bonuses in his contract. Yeah. What I mean, if he can't get the leverage to say, by the way, this is fully guaranteed, then the system was broken. So Kirk Cousins, I can't tell if this was intentional and he's one of the great contract minds of our all times or just completely lucky. But year after year, he's gotten paid full value. Yeah. What's it? Three straight years. He's straight, made like well, 20 he's plus tag. million. Yeah. He's on the tag, but he, he made 20 plus million, three straight years. Now he's made 84. So he's made for six years. He's probably made $140 million. After his rookie contract expires, he will have averaged $25 million a year after that. Derek, for six years. Yeah, Derek Carr became the first $25 million guy on a contract basis last year. But Kirk Cousins is quietly going to have been doing that for, for six years. Okay. But Carr's thing That's wasn't totally deal. guaranteed. No. Though. Yeah. No. And that the, the NFL had set up a system where it was okay to give these guys, okay, oh, you get $25 million. By the way, it's it's not even, there's no guarantees after three years. And what's up with the franchise tag that everybody thinks is the dumbest thing of all time and just has not gone away? Is that just yet another DeMora Smith blew it with the players union? With- I mean, it's a longstanding thing as far as getting rid of the franchise tag. No, just having it. Yeah. Why I mean, does it exist? Well, you know, I had a discussion with um, with a players union guy last year, and we talked a little bit about this. And he said, look, it's not great to have. And we're talking about Cousins specifically. Yeah. OK, it's not great that Kirk Cousins couldn't go out to the open market two years ago and get what he wanted. But he was still making twenty five million dollars, twenty four million dollars. And so I think they view it as a trade off. Kirk Cousins was happy to make that money. There are certain guys who get franchise tag. Look at Jarvis Landry. Jarvis yeah. Landry's making 16 this year. He would never get 16 on the open market. So I I don't like the franchise tag. I think that team, along with the draft and rookie contracts, it is one of the most unfair things in football. But I think the players enjoy being able to say for one year, okay, I make 16, 17 million dollars. That's that's the player side argument to why it's not an abject disaster. Until you have like a Teddy Bridgewater, right. all your knee ligaments go in nine right. different directions injury. And well, then the I franchise mean, tag not as fun. But that, that was just poor Tommy. He hadn't even his fifth year option. No, I know they didn't have but up. I'm saying like yeah. franchise tag is great as long as you don't get injured. Exactly. If you get injured, it's a whole different animal. And that goes into Mays asked me why can't Aaron Donald get a fully guaranteed deal? And the answer is because quarterback is the only position where teams think completely irrationally. If Aaron Donald went out and tried to do a Kirk Cousins, he got franchise tagged twice and then tried to hit the open market. If he got hurt or if his play diminished, teams would, would tank his value. That doesn't happen with quarterback. Sam Bradford got $20 million yesterday. But how much of that was guaranteed? 15. What is wrong with teams? I, they don't. All right. I, I'm going to tell you How my theory Sam on this. How many Sam Bradford sample sizes do we need? He's, he's, he, I think he's older than you are. How old are I, you? I'm 31. We're, the, we're about I the same age. I think he's 38. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's my theory on quarterbacks in as far as negotiations go. When I ask owners, say, how involved are you? Yeah, they say, ah, you know, I let the GM do it. I will get involved when it comes to quarterback. I, you know, I'll, I'll sit on the meetings. I'll, you know, they're during the draft. I'll go to dinner if it's a quarterback prospect. When there's a negotiation, I'll sit down. And so when it's Aaron Donald or when it's the wide receiver, the the owner's not sitting there and over the GM's shoulder saying, do this, do this, do this. I mean, how many times do we get in situations where the owner either says, give the guy the money. We don't want to lose him. There's sort of a fear of missing out with quarterbacks a little bit. You don't want to lose him. Also, it's like 
they sell luxury suites based on who the quarterback is. There's so many dumb things that go into it that I think teams just completely lose their mind when it comes to quarterback negotiations. There should be no fear because we just saw a team win the yeah. Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yeah. The, un- unfortunately, teams see it as it's just, it's basically the, the the personnel idea. It's a personnel version of going forward on fourth down, right? Yeah. We we have evidence that there's one way to do it that that no one does, but everyone is just too afraid to say screw it. We're going to go with with the Nick Foles guy we believe in. Nobody basketball is like this too. I think the Blake Griffin trade was like that. Yeah, Detroit basically takes on this ludicrous Blake Griffin contract and gives up a couple assets. And the whole mindset behind it is we got Blake Griffin, go get those jerseys, somebody on the billboards. And it's like, yeah, but you guys still suck. And he's going to get hurt in six months. And that trade's awful. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that the quarterback is the singular position in that sport where that can happen. Go get, go get those jerseys guys. Well, listen, I have no dog in this race. I could care less about Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, the Vikings, um, the Broncos, any of these teams. I'm just, I'm a businessman and I have an IQ over 80. (laughs) I don't understand why you would pay Kirk Cousins three times what you could have gotten Case Keenum for. Explain that to me. I have no idea. What, what What is the gap between those two guys that I'm not seeing? We also have seen what Case Keenum looks like in that offense, and it's pretty good. My question for you, Bill, I guess if you wanted to put yourself in Rick Spielman's shoes, Case Keenum got that team, and they're not going to suffer huge losses. He got them to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. It's and Kirk, by the way, why it, did they lose? They lost because he had made one bad throw, but they really lost because their defense yes, sucked in yes. that game. And th- and that seemed to be a weird mental thing. Their I'm defense not, got destroyed. I'm not really sure what happened. That was like one of the, this happens every five to 10 years. A, d- a team in the NFC championship game just completely folds. Usually they, a team that's overconfident yeah. and can't believe that they're not winning the game and it just snowballs against them. That was a classic version of that I game. I remember before the game, it was either, it was Chris Ryan, maybe it was Gons, saying that game, the Eagles-Vikings, was the first time he'd ever seen two fan bases completely overconfident. And, but, but it yeah. worked for the Eagles yeah. in a weird way and it didn't work for the Vikings. The Vikings went into that game going... Nick Foles, you're going to have to beat us. Yeah. And then Nick Foles is like, all right, cool. And they just completely <laughs> beat them. So I, when I look at the NFC, there's an arms race going on right now. Yeah. The Rams have, have stocked up. The Eagles are going to have once again. The Rams have stocked up with talent and uh, they but, rolled the dice with some an, character dudes. Marcus Peters, there are people I know who've been in football for 20, 30 years. And they say Marcus Peters is the most interesting person they've ever been around. I kind of like Marcus Peters. I, I kind of like him too. I remember I did a story last uh, d- during the season about how he had used some social media posts to get a family into the country during the Muslim ban thing. And uh, you can read it on the ringer.com somewhere. And I remember I tried to get him for the story, which was like a nice story. and He just wouldn't talk. And I remember talking to someone and they were like, there's every NFL player says they don't care about how they're perceived. Every single one. I don't read the media or whatever. Marcus Peters is the first person this guy I'd ever met who actually just didn't care. Yeah. He just didn't care about outside perception or anything like that. And I think that that helps when you're a football player, especially at cornerback. Well, I think uh, having the right coach will help him. He seems like he's he almost like some basketball players we've had yeah. over the years that could go either way depending on what team they're on. So you said the arms race. You got the oh, Rams, right. the, the I mean, Eagles. You even have the Eagles, but then you even have the Niners. Yep. Okay, I mean, like everybody's stocking up here. The feel-good Super Bowl sleeper pick of 2018, the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. And so you just have to wonder, in, in 2018, you're paying Kirk Cousins all this money. Are they going to get 
to the Super Bowl because that's the only way you can better Keenum's performance. And I just okay, but there's still a salary cap, and I agree with that. If if Keenum they had the cap, they had a lot of cap space. I'd rather spend yeah. it on the defense. I totally agree. The way you win in football, there's there's two really easy ways to win in football. The first is have a bunch of guys like the, you know, the, the 2012-2013 Seahawks who are making $400,000 a year on rookie contracts. That's that's one way and that's lightning in a bottle and it's not repeatable, okay? Unless yeah. you get really lucky. The second way is do what the Eagles did. Do you know that no one on the Eagles last year made more than 6% of the salary cap? Which is smart. Absurd. It was it's basically Jeffrey. the Belichick version, except with, with they always had Brady. Right. But well, other he, than that, they he, were very careful. Yeah, but but Brady is still, you know, I think Revis is the only player ever who made more money than, than I just Brady. don't know what I'm missing with Kirk Cousins. No, I'm not I saying he's you. bad. No. But I just I watch football, I gamble on football, I spend my Sundays watching football. I've never watched Kirk Cousins and thought he was one of the best five quarterbacks, which is how they're paying him. And the m- amount of money they're committing to him, they're basically saying Man, if we had last year's team yeah. and Kirk Cousins, right. we'd win the Super Bowl. And it's like, that's no. not what I saw. Plus, they lost Jarek McKinnon, who I I thought was really good for them. Now, I know they have uh, Cook coming back, and he's yeah. expendable. But I thought that was a really good signing by the Niners. It was a little pricey. I agree. but I, I think he's a gamer. I like that dude. I agree. And we're seeing the Niners are going to benefit from just absurd amounts of cap space and being able to do. I mean, they're, they're basically, it's like if an NBA team had just an empty roster and they were able to just go out and get whoever they, you know, hand pick a bunch of guys in a free agency period, make some trades. I mean, I think I love what the Niners are doing. But I, there's one signing I didn't like from them. Richard Sherman. Yeah. I, I think first of all, crazy to me that everybody's writing about this for a solid week and not mention the fact that he blew out his Achilles right. and that is a really shaky injury to come back from. And sometimes could be a two year injury in basketball. It's been, a career ender or a career alterer almost every time. For with a very guy few who, exceptions. By the way, doesn't have top top end speed to begin with at cornerback. And who wasn't as lights out even before the injury as he was in previous years. He was still, I would say, very good, but he wasn't like a generational cornerback. I, I like I like the signing more than you do. I just I think he's uh Well for what because he negotiated it himself and ended up being a steal for the Niners. A lot of per game bonuses. How about, how about those Richard Sherman quotes? Hey, I, I, I don't need an agent. I spent 10 to 12 hours reading, reading different contract so, language. So I was prepared. It's like 10 I, to 12 hours. I have a theory How about on using this. using a guy who went to law school. I have a theory on this. I spoke with Richard Sherman in the second half of the season when he was hurt. Yeah. And I was just going, what are you doing now? He says, well, I'm getting really into finance. And I said, mm. okay, great. That's, that's cool. Uh, why? He says, well, I'm hurt. So I can look at my finances for the first time ever. I, uh, this is right before the, the, the boom. Got a lot of Bitcoin. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, mm. maybe he doesn't need to get a huge contract. Maybe he's the Bitcoin. Maybe I don't know. Have you secret. seen Bitcoin lately? I, it went up way up from when he got it. He said he was an early adopter in Bitcoin. I, I really like everything the Niners are doing. And I think the Garoppolo trade was a transformative trade for them. I would be very careful with Richard Sherman because the, <laughs> The one guy I don't want on my team is a guy who used to be a superstar who's not the same physically anymore, but still thinks he's a superstar. That is death in football. And he is somebody that could cause a lot of issues for them if he's not happy with how he's playing, well, Adrian, if he's not physically you there. You didn't like Adrian Peterson screaming at Sean Payton in no, week one of the NFL season is, last year? This is one of the rules of the, of the NFL. You never want the former superstar who still thinks he's a superstar. I still like them in that division with... 
it's funny how it just flipped. It was, it was, uh, it was the Seahawks and the yeah. cards. Yep. And now it's gone the other way and the Seahawks are going to be terrible, which, you know, and this is, we're going to call my dad and talk about the Pats for a little bit, but you know, you have like a five-year window in the NFL. It's a, it's a cycle. And you got to ride out that five years and be awesome. And the Patriots have basically had three, five to six year cycles that don't really have a lot in common with each other other than Brady and Belichick. Seattle had their cycle. It ended last year. Um, The Cardinals cycle was a little smaller. The Niners are about to have their cycle. The Rams are in year two of their cycle. And that's the way it is. You got to ride it out. I like, I like what the Rams are doing more than anybody. I think they're, I, I just, I like the position they're in. I think they're talented. I think they actually really could have won the Super Bowl last year if a couple <laughs> things had gone differently, if their kick returner showed up. So NFL teams and the Rams are doing this now are getting really smart at what to do when they have a cheap quarterback. Yes. Because you've written about this. Yeah. And so it's the biggest asset you can have. Russell Basketball Wilson, has nothing like this. Russell Wilson made less than a long snapper on the 2013 Seahawks. Yep. And what did the Seahawks do? They just went for it. They just said, okay, we're going to trade for trade for Percy Harvin. Didn't work out, but they started the blueprint to how teams were going to do it. Eagles and so last now, year. The Eagles last year, the Rams now just saying, you know what? We had the cap space. The The Chiefs have Mahomes now, and, and they're just saying, screw it. We're going to go for it. We're going to sign Sammy Watkins, put, put the weapons around him. I think he's getting $30 million guaranteed, something like that. And so, by the way, that, that is uh, not no. like that signing. No, I did not either. It was a bad signing, but it's just it, it, they're going for it. And see so, me on the Bills. It's like, oh man, that guy doesn't have a quarterback. This is too bad. Right. And then on the Rams last year, it's like, oh, he actually does have a quarterback yeah. and a great offense, and he's yeah. still not he's still not putting up points. They, the theory goes that they put him on the wrong side of the offense. They put sure. him on the backside. Let's of keep the making excuses for Sammy Watkins. He's like twenty eight. I'm, I'm not making. I, I I don't like that signing either, but. What's happening is teams used to wait for the quarterback to prove competence, and then they would put the weapons around him. Yeah. Now they're saying, screw it. We have a four-year window. And that's what's so interesting about what the Cowboys have done. I mean, like, are they going to waste Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott? Or are they going to go out and just, you know, to build an army around them? They're kind of held hostage by, A, the fact that they just won't change their coach, and B, yeah. Zeke Elliott is just going to have more and more drama every year, and it's just going to play out the way it's going to play gonna out. Cut, I've been hearing they're going to cut Des Bryant for they months should. now. But I, it just not should, gonna, that's just a football decision. Well, he no, can't every, get open every anymore. Every single time I open up a Twitter feed of a Cowboys reporter, it's Stephen Jones saying, well, we got some tough decisions to make, and then they're just not going to do it. I don't know. All the Cowboys fans are going to be angry at me because there's probably some explanation for it. But um, A couple other signings I just wanted to cover quickly yes. so far. I was there for Jimmy Graham the last couple of years. <laughs> I don't even think it's an are we sure he's good situation. I'm just don't think he's very good anymore. I don't know what I'm missing on that. He was in a, a he was in an offense where they really needed him, where he had a top six quarterback, and I just didn't see it. So to to watch like Green Bay, New Orleans fighting over him, it's like, do you guys have le- have the Sunday ticket? What what am I missing? Led the NFL in catch rate among tight ends in the red zone, which I guess is something. Bill, well, they threw it to him all the time yeah. in the red zone, so I would hope. Uh, yeah, it's it's an can't odd block one. at all, at all, can't block at all, at all. Um, great in Russell Wilson's wedding photos. 
I just don't. <laughs> I'm not no, saying he's know. bad. It's I, just like I, I, I don't. The fact that these two quarterbacks were like, man, the one thing we need is Jimmy Graham. It's it, like, yeah, if it was 2014. It's kind of funny to me that the Packers were so resistant for years to get into free agency, and all the fan base, the entire fan base, like, oh, you, we got to get involved. And then they signed a guy who's a prime example of why you don't go into free agency. Yeah, especially like I. And I think about this all the time with Gronk. I just think tight ends, they lose it overnight. Oh, yeah. You know, a couple injuries, one too many hits, two or three or 20 concussions. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're like running like they have concrete sneakers on. I didn't understand that. Uh, Nate Solder went to the Giants. Yeah, a lot of money. For an incredible amount of money. They paid him basically like the best left tackle of all time. And I think he was above average for the Pats. He ranked 44th last year by PFF among tackles. Interesting. I yeah, I he's good. He's fine. We won a couple rings with him. Great teammate. Great teammate. Unbelievable clubhouse guy. Um, that was a lot of money. The Giants have it. They're, Dave Gettleman is a jobs creator for overpaid offensive linemen. The problem with the Pats is they act the same way I do when I'm at a fantasy football auction, where I just have in my head what I'm going to pay, and yeah. once anyone goes one dollar over, I'm like, well, that's it. I'm out on that one. But then. There, there are drafts where you look around and you have $105 left and everybody else has 40 but there's no good guys left. And then you go, oh, man, what am I going to do with this $105? That's kind of what the what the Pats are, the situation. Does that right frustrate now. you? No, because I think they, he has a philosophy. He's like, this is what you're worth. Oh, they're going to pay you more than that? Good luck. I guess, on He's the been other, doing that for the, 20 years. The other way to look at it, and I understand – why you can't have someone like Nate Solder making more than Brady, but they were given the greatest gift, maybe in the history of football, which is an elite, elite quarterback who doesn't necessarily want to be paid as one. Well, if you could criticize the Pats on anything, it's been their inability to take care of guys ahead of time. Right. So, not, and I'm not just talking about Nate Solder, but, you know. Well, they make choices. Deion Lewis. Right. They could have signed him a year, extended his contract, and spread it out a little bit more. Uh, Jimmy, I think, is a great example. If they had taken care of business a year ago and given him $30 million for four years to be like the backup in waiting, and he had never even shown anything, I think he would have thought about it. By the way, I thought the Niners screwed up on that. Make that trade and sign him. Yep. You get him for half the price of, of I totally agree. Whatever. Uh, Mays was super fired up about Allen Robinson. <sighs> It's almost to the point now where I'm rooting against Allen Robinson. <laughs> uh, he's good. But, I mean, he's coming off an ACL. He's good, when, but when would, you look at the market, Sammy yeah. Watkins is getting what he's getting. Yeah, I mean, Marquise Lee got you know a pretty big chunk of change. It's not a terrible contract. I just don't think it's going to make them instant contenders. You know what's not great, and with the Golden Tate kind of exceptions to it. But just when wide receivers change teams mm. for a lot of money, the history of it is, I would say, less favorable than more favorable. I think Alshon Jeffrey was okay. Golden year. Tate. Yeah. I'm, there are examples, but I think for the most part, um, I would say it's, what, 40, 60? 40, 40% it works out. 60% the guy's just much worse, and it's hard to understand. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's sort of what we're talking about with the building around a rookie QB thing. You're giving all of these weapons to Mitch Trubisky and we're unclear if Mitch Trubisky can take advantage of that. Yeah. Although I like Matt Nagy as a coach. I thought Sam Bradford <laughs> um, 
I just don't know what I'm missing. And I, it's always amazing to me with durability. Mm. Durability is the one thing with free agency in any sport that just gets completely discounted or overlooked. It's like, well, if he's healthy and it's like, yeah, but that's the whole reason you're getting him at a discount is because he's never healthy. Sam Bradford is never healthy. He's the I, one guy who the que- when the question is if he's healthy, he's the never is, healthy. No, no, he's not. It's more likely to me that he is working on the SEC network for ESPN announcing um, games. Big, Big Twelve, probably. Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is that a Big Twelve a network? I probably probably it's probably Whatever. probably gets nine dollars. Uh, more likely, he's doing that in two years than playing quarterback. But what do I know? Uh, I'd like Trey Burton of the Bears. Ooh, I'm eight, going eight million dollars on the high end there. I just like him. I th- I think he's got potential. See, but yeah, I, but the thing is, you any free agent you're getting these days, you're gonna pay twenty five percent more than what the guy's worth, right? CPS had Trey Burton as the eighth best free agent in this class, which I think I think he I do like him to to borrow from you. I think he became so underrated. He became overrated. Maybe uh, the Jets. They sign a cornerback that I really liked from Tremaine the Rams. Tremaine Johnson. Then they did Bridgewater and Josh McCown for one year, 10 million. And they're going to draft a quarterback still. And my favorite Jets finding in a long time, signing in a long time. It's the, you can always count on the Jets to get like that Chris Ivory type guy who's not quite good enough. You don't want to start him in fantasy and they overpay him and he'll have moments, but he's not that good. And Isaiah Crowell is like the best <laughs> version of that guy. He's like, you've lost a fantasy week to him. And like, what the hell just happened? I can't believe he had 200 yards, but he's not good. Right. Classic Jets signing. Just classic. The I, best. They love locking down those B minus running backs for a little more than they're worth. I wrote last year that the Jets just quietly didn't have a plan. And all the Jets fans got mad at me and told me there was some great vision that Mike McCagnan had that I couldn't see. I was too dense to see. I think we're safe to say there's no there's no plan there. Jordy Nelson is sitting there, and I think this is another durability guy. Do like the, if the Pats sign him, Pats... I would just be excited. But then it'd be like, well, he's 33 and he's had some pretty major injuries. Well, that's why, you know, when I talked about the per, the per game bonuses earlier, that's why teams have so much leverage on a guy like Nelson. They, the Patriots can just say, here's your contract. You only you, you only get $800,000 unless you play 12 games. Go ahead. Yeah. And then you're fine. They lost Danny to, to the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Who, Speaking of no plans. Yeah, that was weird. Can we uh, just why, why did they just pay in Dominican Sue if they're just gonna go out and get get uh Albert Wilson and Danny That Antola. was weird. Uh Tennessee is doing I the like old them. they're doing the old page get the Patriots guys in the building because they know how to handle themselves Including like businessmen. Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> Dion was probably the best player in the Patriots in November and December. He wasn't as good in the playoffs. Did Malcolm you, Butler sucked last year. Did you see this blew my mind? I think Dion's making four point five million dollars this year, and that's his annual average. Yeah, and he's a top eight paid running back in the NFL. I mean, those guys—it's it, because that that supply and demand is just—it's just dried up. And 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 at this point, I would say there's probably value in running backs because of that, because there's such a small percentage of the just cap. take the third stringer from yeah. Auburn, Alabama, every year in the right. fourth round, and the guy's going to be your best right. guy. I like Paul Richardson to the Redskins. It's good. Good vertical leaper. Kind of what they thought Pryor was going to be last year, but that didn't work out from day one. But 
I, I've always kind of enjoyed him. I always wondered what it would, what he'd be like on a different team. He's got some durability questions. Last year was the first Absolutely. time he played 16 games. Absolutely. Uh, and then going through. So Sue, I guess, is the last giant chess piece. Yeah. Is there Patriots possibilities there with him? There, there's some rumors. I know they've always liked them. There's some rumors floating around. I just don't know, Bill. And this is a better question for you. I don't know how a surly guy who hates the media would fit in with it with New England. It wouldn't go well. I mean, it would. He just he he hates the media. He hates talking to the media. I just don't know if that's a culture fit for the Patriots. Maybe that's why Belichick's so enamored with him. <laughs> Belichick's like this guy reminds me of myself. Um, no, I think it's, it's any four three team who can make it work are going to try to make it work. I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities. I mean, maybe Danny Shelton was a fun fun trade. He's huge. He's a huge person. The the real problem with the Pats last year. I mean, of of the many problems was they were too small in the front seven. Not and James anymore. Harrison was <laughs> probably their strongest guy in the Super Bowl, the front seven. Uh, they just got shoved around and teams did whatever they wanted. They had no pass rush and they had a bunch of backups. And it was a problem. Yeah, it was a problem. I mean, if they were able to make... Mays is all fired up about the, the idea that he would go to the Chargers, Sue. But I, I don't think... He's going to go... Be in LA? Sue. Yeah. Yeah. The Chargers LA. are in LA. Yeah, I, I continue I to forget. That. Are they still in LA? There's, uh, they, they are. Maze ref- continues to refer to them as San Diego. We're gonna call my dad. The Celtics season fell apart. It's a massive blizzard, and everybody in the Patriots is leaving. I just want to make sure he's alive. Let's call. Him. Hello, Dad. I'm here with Kevin Clark. Um, one, I just Hello? wanted to, I wanted to make sure that, um, Hi. that that you were handling this week. Okay. Cause the Celtics fell apart and everyone in the Patriots is leaving and there's a lot of snow in new England. So I just want to check in. Are you okay? It's not a, it's not a great week. It's a terrible week. I'm looking out of my backyard. I have 15 inches of snow. It's 40 mile an hour winds. It's too cold to go outside. And then I'm reading in the paper that our Patriot team is falling apart. <laughs> and our Celtic team, they're not even sure who's going to be able to play tonight. So, and the Bruins have injuries left and right. <laughs> a week ago, everything looked great. Well, at least there are no Boston teams in March Madness. We have that at least. Um, the Pats, <laughs> it drives you crazy when we don't pay that little extra something to keep the best guys in the team, which is what mm-hmm. a lot of other teams do. And yet, yeah. on the other hand, um, the Pats have been incredibly competitive for 18 years, and we seem to go through this exercise every year. Um, why don't we trust the process? You know, I, I think we always did trust the process, and then I think in the last couple of years, strange things happened. Um, you know, we, we don't get too many superstars because we never have a high draft pick, but the Jamie Collins trade worried a lot of people. Uh, sending the defensive end to Arizona, who had the most sacks in the league yeah. this year, Chandler that Jones. worried a lot of people. Yeah, um, the Garoppolo trade worried a lot of people, including and then, you. Of course, and then of course, everybody is still talking about why didn't Butler tr- play in the Super Bowl? Yeah, and and it, and and it, in Bill, we trust, which has been the mantra here for oh, so many years. It's it's not it's fading the the people are i don't hear people saying that i hear people questioning his moves 
and now we have free agency. And, you know, the best receiver on the team last year, by far, the guy Brady trusted over and over and over was Amendola. Um, and, it, and it appears they shortchanged him or they just, they just think they have enough depth. And they always have depth, but they never have – they never – the guys that Brady trusts, they don't seem to put enough weight into that aspect. And well, if I'm Brady today, I'm 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 really pissed off. Uh, well, Edelman's, so not, Edelman's back though, right? Well, you don't yeah. know if you, you know he had a, he had the torn ACL. He's, guys take a while to come back from that. Sometimes mm. they never come back completely. He's not a young guy. Um, you hope he's back fully, but. Uh, well, I loved Danny was freaking clutch, man. Yep. He, he, really he was, was one of the cl- one of the most clutch kind of exceed whatever their talent was in the right situations guys, the Pats have had. Like very reminiscent of like Kevin Falk and a couple other guys mm-hmm. that were just well, Dan like, Branch. You know, Dan Branch, Branch another you know, one. Yeah. There's always a guy that uh you know, lots of guys put up the stats during the regular season and then you get to playoff time and guys fade away and then other guys emerge. They like that they they star in the moment, and Amendola was one of those guys. I thought Lewis was one of the guy, those guys too, and of course Butler was one of those guys. Wait a second, wasn't one of those guys. Lewis fumbled in one of those playoff games, and you were like ready to drive him to the airport <laughs> for his next free. Well, free I mean, society. everybody makes one mistake. Uh, you, you've made one mistake, and you re, re, you recuperated. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well, I don't, I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> Amendola had 350 yards just in the playoffs last year. He was I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, he was amazing. Uh, Clark, that, what questions do you have for my dad? I have a couple of questions. Number one, do you? Th- what is the most frustrating Bill decision in this run for you? In the in, in the last in the year? last few oh. years, yeah, Garoppolo. For me, yeah, Garoppolo by far. Not the fact that it was obvious we couldn't afford to franchise him. Yeah, but that he he didn't. You know, you see all these quarterbacks getting huge contracts, and other teams that are going to take untested college juniors in the draft next month, and he, he just. I don't know whether it was out of, you know, you don't know what's going on with Kraft and Belichick, but you, you can't tell me that the 12th pick in the second round or whatever we have is the best they could have gotten for right. a guy that just signed a mega contract with a team that's so excited to have him as their future franchise quarterback. If they had won the Super Bowl last year, it's a much more defensible trade because then you could have gone back and said, well, the chemistry was off, and yeah. they needed to do something. And look how great Brady was. And Whoever said the chemistry was off, though? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just saying that's what I would have said if they, if they won the Super Bowl. Would have sold that's it. how I would have spun it for my <laughs> beloved Patriots. But um, the the Jimmy thing, it's even if you had just franchised them, yeah, which they do with Castle, or or made right. him a restricted free agent and got the picks, or you see the market right. like when Sam Bradford's getting fifty million dollars, it really makes me. Reevaluate. Well, also, it, yeah. it, if the Vikings are so desperate, they're going to change the the future of NFL contracts by giving Kirk Cousins eighty six million dollars fully guaranteed. I mean, I just don't know. I, I'm I'm with you. I don't understand why they didn't have more of an auction that week right. and just and on Monday. Is, is, 
That's a perfect word for it. it and, and that's where everybody up here is saying, and you probably hear the same stuff, that, you know, it was Belichick reacting to Kraft interfering in uh, the whole, I want Brady to stay here until he retires. I I, I still don't believe that. I I, I think, yeah, I think Kraft is, is just not, not, not there. I don't think he's locked not in there like that. In what way? I just think he's old. I, I I don't think he totally knows what's going on, and I don't think he's that locked I, I in. I don't, you know, what? Maybe not as much as in the in the past, but his sons are certainly plugged in. You know. By the way, Dad, I don't mean to disparage people seventy and over. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, I, I'm just I, I, judging him. I'm judging him from luxury suite camera reactions, um, yeah. photos yeah, way, of him yeah, at parties. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I mean, every time there's a party in Los Angeles, like the third guy who shows up is is crap. I just don't think he's the guy from 20 years ago. Like, I think 20 years from now ago, 1996, he 100 percent meddled with Bill Parcells and ruined that situation. And maybe even 10 years ago, he did some meddling. Who knows? But at this point. I still don't believe it. And I know that ESPN wrote that whole piece and I know they they have their reporting and they believe in what they reported. I, I, that's fine. I just don't personally believe it. It doesn't jibe with what we've seen. Maybe it, I'm naive. Yeah. Part, I mean, part of it doesn't jive, but I, again, it, the two more re- recent decisions of uh, well, letting Amendola go, I don't know what, what's behind that, but the Butler thing, I, you know, everybody's hoping yeah. now that Butler has signed this contract or signs it today, and therefore it's not going to impact his um, availability or his uh, attractiveness as a free agent, that he's going to come out and have a press conference and talk about why the hell wasn't he out in the field? Yeah. Um, we needed one stop. By the way, I did, we should mention that you complained about Malcolm Butler for the entire season. I mean, really consistently, you know, week after week after week, you said, that, what the hell happened fair. to this guy? No, that is I, what, you, I, what you did. I don't mind complaining about somebody if there's somebody better to put in and take his place. Well, that's I, true. I, Those we, two guys were but we had nobody, but Yeah. I, Look who we put in. Yeah. I, I think yeah. two things. I think everybody's right here because I know a guy who described Malcolm Butler in the middle of the season as the most checked out person they'd seen in an NFL locker room. I mean, yeah. and, and what I mean by that is he was ready to get on a plane and go to New Orleans or Tennessee or whoever was going to give him that money. They I ruined I, him last last yeah. spring, with, which, with by the, the way, that's Belichick's fault. They handled yeah. it badly. With so the, yeah, with the Gilmore contract. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so that is correct. But also, I mean, he's better than what they threw out there against Philadelphia. Full stop. So I, I've. At least he could tackle. I mean, yeah, maybe he had a poor season uh, in terms of giving up passes, but he's a good tackler. Uh, everyone else they put out there missed that one tackle that could have stopped the drive where we probably would have won the game. So, can I read um, you? Um, this is from Bruce Allen's Twitter feed. Shout out to Bruce. Uh, cap hits in 2018. From Spotrack, mm-hmm. Chandler Jones fifteen point five million, Jamie Collins twelve point two, Garoppolo thirty seven million, <laughs> Nate Solder fifteen million estimated, Malcolm Butler twelve million estimated, Logan Ryan eight point six, Amendola six, Lewis six. It's about one hundred and fourteen million just for those nine guys. The NFL salary cap is one hundred and seventy seven. This yeah. doesn't mention all the guys on the Patriots. Well, that, that's not my complaint, though. My my complaint is 
they wait too long to re-sign guys that are maybe two years away yeah. from that fifth year of free agency. And Malcolm Butler, you know, before that Gilmore trade, which is still a suspect trade for the money they're giving that guy, you can't tell me they couldn't have signed Butler for $11 million a year. They didn't like and, something. Yeah. And Chandler Jones, I mean, we, we in essence gave the guy away. I know that he showed up naked at a police station <laughs> before the before the playoffs, but you know everybody makes a mistake. You know, like I said before. Yeah. Wait, we got a second um, round pick for him. Yeah, he's really yeah, good. Though. A second round pick for a guy that's first team All Pro and led the league in sacks. By the way, did we have anybody who got over nine or ten sacks? No. You know what hurt you know, us? Our, our, our complaint every year is we can't get to the quarterback. And we keep trading away guys that are quarterback rushers. So we seem to be the only NFL team that is still playing white guys at outside linebacker. <laughs> it's probably a problem. Um, the you know what hurt us saw, was saw, Bill saw Shane McClellan and was like, "This guy right Shane here, Shane McClellan, and Kyle Van Noy, those are outside linebackers." Um, I I I am going to blame Deflategate because if they hadn't taken our first round pick. You figure we get somebody for the front seven. That guy makes one play, we win the Super Bowl. So screw or you, Roger Goodell. Or they could have just played Malcolm Butler. <laughs> or they could have played yeah, Malcolm yeah. Butler. They could have done that too. I, yeah. I know our conversation today is about the Patriots because of the uh, free agency deadline uh, opening this afternoon. But my worries and my frustration really has more to do with the Celtics. Mm. Um, oh, wow. I mean, a week ago... This team was really looking good in terms of a playoff run. And, I mean, the rumors coming out today, on, at least on talk radio, or Butler might be done for the year. Tice, who I like Hold a on. lot. Marcus Smart might be done for the year? You just called <laughs> yeah, him Marcus Butler. Smart. I'm sorry, Marcus Smart. That was a senior moment. Marcus Smart <laughs> might be done for the year, that it might be might be a torn tendon. Yeah, that, that's that a Tice, disaster. Who, who, who I liked a lot, yeah. might be done for the year. You have Irving, the franchise player, suddenly with a, a bulky knee yeah. and having to miss time, uh, which, you know, we, we've been through this before a year ago with Thomas in terms of an injury. Yeah. Uh, you have... Uh, don't don't forget about Gordon Hayward, who had to have his well, right, right foot I mean, reattached it, to his leg. Yeah. It, I, and I guess... Maybe the sum of all this is we're a year away. Yeah, um, good. You know, good. I, can, I like I like that. Optimistic. We're a year away. Well, well, we assume Hayward comes back healthy. Yeah. We assume they're going to have to do a scope on Irving's knee. We assume that they're going to re-sign Smart, who uh, is a restricted free agent. We assume that Tice will come back healthy, um, and that, and and of course we're assuming that. The Lakers are going to get lucky in the ping pong ball. That's not Bonanza happening. They might make the, the playoffs. To fifth. Yeah. And we'll get one of those tall big guys that's Clark, coming out. So. Clark, does this sound like a farewell letter for, to the 2018 Celtics season for my dad? <laughs> it really kind of does. does. It really does. And conflating uh, Malcolm Butler with with Marcus Smart says a lot about how he feels about the Celtics right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I think they're really? both polarizing. Yeah. He, my dad has... Uh, a mostly love, a tiny bit hate relationship with Marcus Smart. Yeah, I can't. It, I had the same relationship with uh, 
with uh, Tony Allen years ago. Ooh. There's always a guy I have that relationship Marcus with. Marcus is, yeah, he's better than Tony Allen, but Marcus is one of those guys that even as he's about to shoot the three, you know whether it's going to go in or not. Right. You just, you've just you seen enough where you're like, oh, he might actually bank that one in, and then he'll bank it in. And then right, he's time one I... of those guys, when he's taking that shot, I'm screaming no. And then when he makes the shot, I say, like, great yes, shot. Yes, great yeah. shot. Good yeah. job, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. last question, Dad, and then we got to go. Do you want them to sign the Damakan Sue? Ooh. Would that make would that make your spring happier and healthier and, and more rewarding? You know. No. I I just don't think he's a nice guy, a good guy. I, <laughs> wow. I, 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 I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna root for that guy. Okay. Yeah, I just I just don't. I I'd rather see them go after somebody else. Plus you know, he. I think he's on the other side of the mountain in terms of oh, his wow. career. Oh. He didn't have a great year last year. He, okay. Bulletin so, board material. No, I don't want him in my locker room. Okay. So. You like Danny Shelton. You like that trade. I like Danny Shelton. I like Shelton. And um, you're you're monitoring the Jordy Nelson sweepstakes, if I know anything I, about you. You're monitoring I, I look, that you know, a lot. I think, I think Jordy Nelson is an awful lot like Amendola in terms of you, you, need, you need 11 yards – for a third down, yeah, and he he'll get you twelve yards. Yeah, we should mention yeah. Amendola really couldn't play six games in a row ever. <laughs> I mean, he would always get hurt. He was. I love the it. guy, and he's one of the most clutch Patriots ever. But um, it was but hard I, for I him to care. stay in the field. I think he was gearing everything towards the playoffs. He just yeah, wouldn't just I, take the I season off. I would have off. shut him down for the entire season and just activated him for the playoffs. I he, mean. That's when we needed him, and he always came through. He and James White should only play in the playoffs. <laughs> I like yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I liked with Danny Amendola. I like the guys on the Patriots who really love and appreciate Tom Brady. Yeah, who almost like preach the altar of Brady, even as they're playing with them, and they'll go like they'll fly to Costa the Monta- Rica, the Montana, and Montana, yeah. and they'll just work out with them, and they're just like they're pinching themselves that they. So we we need to find somebody who fits that because we have Edelman. Right. We need one more guy. I mean, and then you also like a guy who he has a gorgeous girlfriend, and <laughs> he would end up at the Kentucky Derby with Brady. I mean, he he was a great guy to have around here. Wow, so, wow, we're gonna All miss right. him. You can't you can't put a price on that. You can't put a price no, on, that, put a on price his Instagram. On yeah, uh, <laughs> Dad, this was fun. Uh, we'll get through this. Every every time Belichick makes us uh, question and waver, um, he ends up coming through. In the I end. don't know. I, 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 All right, be careful. Yeah, We're taping the, this. The, be the careful. Last time versus time thing suggested the end could be near for everybody. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that either. He, and by the way, if you're going to suggest that, then can we keep Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like we traded Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like ah, I don't know. The end is near. It's like well, we, our quarterbacks <laughs> are the Niners. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, Plus, I don't like the fact that Giselle has so much influence. So, I guess there's a downside to being with a beautiful woman. Although I'm with a beautiful woman, so it, it's what fine. are you talking about? <laughs> she does seem to have a lot of influence, though. Yeah, she does. Uh, I didn't like the end of that where she was kind of. You kind of got the inference that she was pushing Brady toward retirement, didn't you? Oh, oh. you didn't like that. Wait, not not just like that. that. Did you guys see what Jay Feely said a couple? Weeks ago? No. Former no. Michigan kicker? So he told Sports Illustrated that he visited the cabin last year, and Giselle was like, you get Tom to retire now. Yeah, I think she's uh, worried about... 
The word in the street is she's worried about the concussions. <laughs> I think well, he's had it, he's had two in the last couple of years that I know about, and God knows how many other ones. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I would worry about I that back, too. Then I go back to one final point. Don't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Uh, well, it's silver linings, Dad. We have the Kings pick in a year, and they're absolutely a dumpster fire, and that's going to be fun. <laughs> and Kyrie, we get Gordon Hayward. Uh, Bruins playoffs will be fun. JD Martinez and the Red Sox. I think you're fine. Plus, we're going to the Masters next month. Oh wow! Well, the and Mas- Tigers, yeah, looking- Tigers, going to be there. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that uh, thing to come across ESPN saying. Tiger's back is acting up. He may oh, not be able to play come on. Masters, wow, so. this, is, this weather's really <laughs> bringing you down. It's a bad week Weather's really so. bringing you down. Um, Hard to be optimistic. All right, Dad, get somebody to shovel for you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to all you right. guys later. Thank bye. you. Bye. Uh, we're bringing in Kevin O'Connor, but about uh, the rewatchables. We did Creed this week. It's really good. Don't forget about the Ringer NBA show, Draft Class, KOC's new, uh, new draft guide. Ooh. And a podcast. Ooh. We are kind of owning the draft. Now March Madness Hell is yeah. here. Uh, the draft guide went up today. We did 15 March Madness prospects as well as a couple others. And we're going to keep adding to that over the next three and a half months. And then on Fridays on the Ringer NBA show, the draft class podcast. How's the hosting going for you? It's good. Feels you like, like it? getting better each week. We, who are you studying? Um, this week we haven't uh, laid out the game plan yet. Going to have Danny Chow on though. No, who, oh. are you, who are you studying from a hosting standpoint? Do you go um, older, like my, the Mike Douglas show, like the 1970s? Or? Dick Cavett. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dick Cavett. I watch him uh, talking with Jimi Hendrix, learn from that yeah. from, on YouTube. Um, I like Mark, Mar- uh, listen to Mark Maron here and there. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Mark Maron. He's asking Jesus. every prospect if we're good. Are we good? Shots fired. Wow. Um, so we have a lot of basketball right now. Weirdly, the NBA is taking a backseat. And it's at a Pass. weird point in the NBA season, too, where yesterday... Um, Clark, I know you've never been prouder. There, there was the, the best tanking we've seen all season last night. Rodney Purvis playing 15 minutes. It was Orlando's down 40, and they're like, this feels too close. Let's put in more guys nobody's ever heard of. Let's try to get this to 50. But we are seeing um, tanking the levels of – usually there's three or four, maybe even five. Now we, we're up to like eight of teams that are really openly don't give a shit. Is that because this draft is that good? What do you think the reasons are? I think that's one of the reasons why I think it, it's not the type of situation where there's going to be one guy that teams are going for. There's maybe five guys you might be happy to get, or some teams might be happy getting seven of them. I, I think this is a draft where everybody's going to have, like, I think there's a one and two, eight and Doncic, but after that, the three to eight range or so, that's going to vary drastically depending on your, what you need and what, what, what you value. Like pick I, nine might be the third best guy in the draft. Possibly. Maybe even second. For sure. I, I also think that tanking as someone who studies tanking, obviously. Well, they, I mean, your whole life is really, we have March madness and, and tanking. That's yeah. what your March is like. So, so. Tanking builds more tanking because, you know, a couple of days ago I looked at Tankathon and I think there were five teams at 20 wins. Yeah. Nobody (laughs) wants to come off 20 wins. And so you don't want to be you don't want to be the guy who got win 21. Right. So all of a sudden teams had to keep going. You know, Kent Bazemore was just shut down the other day. The Magic are going to you're not going to believe this. Take it very cautiously with Evan Fournier. He's got a (laughs) knee. 
Um, and so Aaron Gordon has vertigo. Like, you can come up with injuries that nobody can challenge, right? It's like he's got vertigo. Right? No, he does. That's what he's telling like, us. Gonna, you know how in uh, the NFL they have independent doctors and they just have to sign off on it. I think that at some point they're going to need independent doctors for tanking and just like, Kent Bazemore, you're fine. Get back out That's there. That's the solution right yes. there. Like, Evan Fournier, your sprained left knee is not actually a problem. Get back out there. Well, one of my favorite corners right now, Haralabob. Shout out to Haralabob mm. Vulgaris, uh, who's been on this podcast, esteemed gambler. <laughs> He's saying <laughs> the biggest issue with gambling on basketball in the NBA is this tanking stuff. Yeah. And you have a situation like last night, which I watched. I watched Oklahoma City and Atlanta the last eight minutes of it. It was a tie game with five minutes left. And Coach Bud, from that point on, <laughs> very carefully manipulated the result in Oklahoma City and up winning by 10. Now, if they have gambling on the NBA, and and you could argue, is that, like, what, what would be the right well, legal term? Not collusion, but... There's inside information could, available. Maybe, or you could say, like, I bet on this team, and they intentionally oh. tried to lose. No, I'm I, suing the Atlanta Hawks. The reason that the <laughs> NFL has injury reports is because they want the, they want no inside information being available. None. And the more teams that you have who are saying we're going to, you know, pull all of our starters in the third quarter, the more strategy there is involved in obvious losing by a lot, the more people are going to know about it. What's if so, you know, if someone's uh, I'm only going to play five minutes tonight because we're tanking, what's preventing a player from calling their buddy and telling them that and then they place a bet? You know, I mean, it just or just watch basketball. Like <laughs> these teams are yeah. just openly blowing games. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's been going on, you know, really since the mid 80s. And then I think 07 was when it went to another level, especially yeah. I think Doc Rivers. I mean, Doc Rivers is yeah. one of the founding forefathers of uh of <laughs> the founding fathers of tanking. Some of this stuff I remember they had like uh Alan Ray playing like 35, 38 minutes. <laughs> Alan Ray. Ger young Gerald Green and playing Rondo and Telfair together and just things that made no sense, but it was clearly the purpose. I think you made a key point though. So Memphis has 49 losses. Um, the Knicks have 44 losses. That's Memphis is one right now and the Knicks are eight and everyone else is bunched in that group. It really, for whatever reason, it, there seems like a cluster this year. Now we're seeing everybody lose. Like Memphis has lost 18 straight. That's excessive. Memphis has the Bulls coming up. Phoenix has lost five. The Bull the Knicks have lost eight. The Knicks have belatedly thrown their hat in the ring in a really, really large, significant Good decision. Way. Yeah. Um, <sighs> And it's going to come down to the wire with some of these things. Clark's magic <laughs> is two losses yeah. behind Memphis. They've lost four straight. They've lost eight of their last 10. They're truly reprehensible. Frank Vogel, I feel bad for it. It feels like he's going to start crying during but games. I feel like but Frank it's like Vogel's you've been here. responsible for some of this. I think he is. But you've been here where you've thrown away seasons and then you end up with somebody who's not even an all-star. There's a report we're going to hire Jerry Stackhouse next year. Really? Yeah. Sporting, Why not get Doc Rivers? Bring Doc Rivers home. Coach. What about Doc Rivers has been good this year. I have a question. So <laughs> I like what he's done with the Clippers. <laughs> Doc, or what about Stan? Stan Van no, Gundy? Stan's no. no, Stan's. Guess what Stan's doing next year? He's on NBA TV with Sam Mitchell and some random play-by-play -play guy. And the Pistons highlights are on. And it's super awkward. It's like the elephant <laughs> yeah. in the room. It's like, wow, another rough night for Blake Griffin. One rebound all night, Stan. What do you think happened there? Uh, 
Kevin, are, are you enjoying like this tank race? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, do, do I you like feel, do, do you feel hope? Do you feel hope? No, because this it's, is it's the fourth time we've done it. Uh, fourth. Isn't well, it like the the fifth? <laughs> well, no, I, I I just there were a couple years there where we knew. So they tra- traded Dwight during the Olympics in 2012. Yeah, and so 13 through 17 basically were was a were, throwaway. Were throwaway. This Except year, for the weird Abaka trade, the I'm um, saving my job Abaka trade that didn't save anyone's job. The guy, by the way, Rob Hennigan is now the director of foresight. That is his actual yes. title. The guy who traded. Victor Oladipo. The director of Foresight? We, we need cooler job titles at the ringer, Bill. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I gotta make somebody the director of Foresight. <laughs> Rob, that's a good the, one. The, Thunder will probably let you have Rob Hennigan if you'd like. If you'd like <laughs> the, the reason why I asked, though, is because like on the Hawks Reddit, they have a thing where they say they're undefeated this season because oh. the team wasn't trying to tank, so every win counts as a win, and every loss, it's like, well, you know what? We're moving up the lottery standings, and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, it's like... If we didn't have this to talk about, I think all these teams at the bottom, like what reason is there to watch? What reason is there to feel hope? I think I, I don't know why you would want to change this. I think this is fun watching this tank it, race. It, it's not that fun. Well, it's it has kept everybody's interest, whether their team is a playoff team or an abomination. I went to the like, if you're a Knicks fan, you're monitoring these games now, hoping they don't screw it up like they did last year when they fell five spots basically over sure. the last couple of days. I went to the Lakers Magic game. Last, I know last, you enjoyed that last week. Okay, so a couple things happened. Number one, all I did was root for Hazonia and Isaac because they're the only players who will be relevant going forward on that yeah. team. Yeah, maybe Gordon. You never it, gave it, up on Hazonia unless Hazonia <laughs> leaves. Yeah, well, Hazonia might leave if he's too expensive. He's too expensive. Then Aaron Gordon. The, the Magic scored 10 straight points, including Shelvin Mack, two, two clutch threes. Mm. Aaron Gordon has a great uh, driving up with five seconds left. We take the lead. I get excited. My fiance gets excited. And then Vooch loses the game by fouling Brooke Lopez. Okay. So we get all the excitement. <laughs> yeah. We get his own threes and they lose. Yeah. Okay. A, Ma- win, win. a Lakers fan comes up to me afterwards because I have a Magic shirt on and he just goes, you must be happy. That was a great game in the Magic loss. And I said, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Had a Bud Light. Great loss. loss. Yeah, great loss. Exciting loss. I remember those. Found I remember those parking that, spot that, downtown. That 07 Celtics year was always great when they had the gritty, gutty last second loss as like your dream scenario for tanking. I do think though, this is a particularly good lottery. Like we did our draft guide today and poor Trey Young, who was the best college guard I've ever yeah. seen. And now is not in the top 10 of our draft guide. What? But the, yeah. The rankings, they're not rankings to be clear. They're, they're just, it's like just 15 guys to watch. Oh. It, we haven't done the rankings yet. Yeah. But uh, he's, I, is he in the top 10? I think he should be like nine or 10 if he, on my list. He's I'd in the nine to 12 range now. I think I, so I talked to some people at Sloan last month uh, in Boston and like, where do you guys have Trey Young? And people are like, he's the type of player where you hope your owner doesn't want him because oh they, a lot of people feel he's like the 13th, maybe 14th best guy in the draft. They call it Jimmer syndrome. I think he's, that sounds like a magic, magic player. Mm. Did they trade down for him? Pick up like some <laughs> extra first round picks that won't do anything. King's oh guy, maybe God. too. Who, who comes in next year and is awesome right away? Because the thing mm. I'm worried about, the Celtics have the Kings pick next year. And the Kings suck. They stink. They're going to stink next year, too, unless somebody comes in and makes them good right away. And I'm looking at uh, old Luca there. 
I know he's only, he'll be 19 next season, but I'm worried he could come in and just like completely transform the franchise. I think he's definitely a guy who can move the needle. Um, maybe not enough to like, obviously not make him a playoff team, but no, you're but talking, make him like the 10th worst team, get not, him into not the, the second worst team. Yeah. I think a guy like him, I think Marvin Bagley can, can put up big numbers immediately. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know if there's a lot of guys in this class Would, that are going to really Aiton, maybe. I mean, the Kings maybe. do have 19 centers already, but yeah. Um, <laughs> even though they just cut one of them, Papianis. Um, yeah, that was a tough one. Aiton, maybe <laughs> Doncic. I mean, like uh, Mikhail Bridges from Villanova is the type of guy who's going to help a team, but I don't think he makes them a the 30 the, like a 30 win team like, if they're actually a 20 win team without him. And there's a couple teams that are going to jump. Like I, I think Phoenix will be a be team better. in their 30s yeah. next year. They get one more blue chipper. Uh, or I don't think Atlanta maybe. jumps. They, they have they have three picks in the top 35. Right. They they could jump. Atlanta no. Orlando sorry Clark no. No. Um, Brooklyn no. No. Dallas yes. Mm-hmm. I think one more guy with Carlisle and all that stuff and cap space and they'll they'll be heard from the Knicks yes. I think the Bulls will be better. Um, Charlotte will be better. So maybe f- four teams are going to be in the same spot they are this year, which is really sad. And you root for one of the teams, Clark. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's there are better lives, I'm sure. You know what's funny though? You're in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest advantages in the NBA. And, and it has a team been. in Orlando, or I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, f- there's five teams in Florida or Texas. There's massive tax advantages, okay. but the, you guys should we never be bad. That. I mean, we we got Grant Hill, who was sought after at that point. We got Trace McGrady. We almost got Tim Duncan. You which, almost got the three. Yeah, we almost, almost got, got Tim, three. We almost together. got Tim Duncan. We did get Horace Grant back in the day when he was a sought after free agent. We had this legacy of the guy saying, "Yeah, I want to live in Tiger Woods' neighborhood." I can't <laughs> believe you left that. He do. He do. He was a mid-level guy when we got him. But that was a good signing. It was a great signing. But I don't think he came for the what tax What about Richard breaks. Lewis? <laughs> yeah, he loved Orlando. It wasn't the hundred and seventeen million. I love Richard Lewis. I was defending Danny Chow and Justin Verrier <laughs> were giving me shit about that signing the other day. And I, I went back at him. I love that signing. Oh, nine finals, baby. You they beat LeBron in his prime. up nightmare. Yeah. Michael Petrus and Richard Lewis owned LeBron. They did. Ahead of the curve, those Tammy and Gundy teams. Yeah. It, and now, now I, I get so mad when be oh the the Rockets and you know the the Warriors revolutionizing basketball. Stan Van Gundy was just jacking up threes. You well, know who's not ahead of the curve these days? Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's not like, you know what would be a great shot? Blake Griffin from twenty one. I mean, he had for two points. He had a gamble. I mean, he had a gamble on a player that you know, has been a superstar. I think, I think it was too much of a risk, but I think he had to do something, you know, to save his own job. This is, I made the case when it happened. I think this was yet another good litmus test of, do you understand basketball or not? The Blake Griffin trade was a bad trade made by somebody who, if the trade didn't work out, was going to get fired anyway. And anytime your team makes that trade, it's not good. When your GM's like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) This doesn't work on that anyway. That is not where you want to be, and it's so unfair to the fan base. It's what you went through with the Ibaka, the Ibaka trade, where the GM's like, Biombo signing. Well, this works out great. Yeah, and Biombo, and they're just like, I like Biombo more than other people. I might not seventeen million though. That's rough. It's you. 
Did you just say you like the Biombo signing? <laughs> I said I like Biombo as as a player more than other people. I don't think he's a good value for seventeen million dollars. <laughs> There's gonna be like I enjoy watching him out on the court in context to the other players on the Orlando Magic. <laughs> a summer after this one, when all of those bad contracts from the summer 2016 are free agent are about to be free agents and have one year left. There's going to be some fun trades. Like I mm. like Biombo for $6 million. Totally. Um, once you stretch into the 17 to 18 range, I'm a little less enamored. <laughs> the, the Mozgov deal. Yeah. But there's a lot of He's those. He's better than Mozgov. Yeah, he is. Definitely. KOC, what do you make of the Lakers? I know you've been following them. I know you've gone to a couple games. Uh, uh, we've both come around a big way on Julius Randle. They, they have a bright future. Bill. Lonzo's look like their star potential. Uh, Ingram and versus Simmons is at least an argument. I'm, I think Kuzma's um, been really sketchy the last four months. Streaky. Nobody wants to admit it. Up He's and down. Just can't make threes for three months. He was good last night, but uh, there is a foundation there. If you add Paul George to that team, which is what people out here seem to think is going to happen, I think um, so too. What is that team? So just Paul George. Just so let's summer. just add Paul George. So, so they add Paul George. They give Isaiah Thomas like a one year, $16 million deal. Balloon like the, payment. The KCP yeah. deal. Right. Yep. And then they're saving their cap space for 2019. Yes. I think there's certainly a team that could compete for the eight seed. I think another year of development for Lonzo and Ingram and not just Kuzma, but also Josh Hart, a guy like him. If you bring back Julius Randle as well, I think Paul George is a guy who could put them in the conversation as the eight seed. They've been so good the last two, three months. Uh, I, I don't know their record, but ever since LaVar Ball said the guys that want to play for Luke Walton, but they've been damn good on both ends of the floor. And I think if you're the Lakers, if you had one max guy this summer, whether it's just Paul George or LeBron, guess what? You're the top destination again the following year when you have cap space again. Yeah. They're, they're set up for a bright future with or without LeBron James. What a move from LeVar to get the Lakers going. I know. Master motivator. Well, I wonder if the fact that LeVar left the country was played any, any, uh, whatever. When he pops back, he's going to say that was the plan. Yeah. The Lakers, the Cowboys, and the Yankees are the three teams that can always turn it around in one summer or one spring. Mm Because people are always going to want to play for those teams. They can never be counted out. I was looking for, I took a screenshot of what the Lakers record was a while ago when I was Super excited that the Celtics had their pick. Remember those days? <laughs> Not so I was like, oh my anymore. God, we might get one of the time. At one point, I remember there was one day. Oh yeah. There was one time when they had an 80% chance to get in the pick. So the Lakers were 11 and 25 at one point. Atlanta was 10 and 26. They had the second worst record in the league. And right now they're 30 and 36. Mm, wow. So they've played 19, 19 and 11 last 30 games. It's pretty good. Mm. It's the the stat is is they're twenty and nine, the sec the seventh best record in the NBA, top ten in both offensive and defensive efficiency ever since Lavar made Lavar Ball made those comments. By so the way, they end up getting Cleveland's pick, and that's somehow. might not be the worst pick in the world. They have the eighth best record right now. That might be like the twenty first pick to for your- to get rid of Jordan Clarkson's contract, <laughs> and you throw Nance in it, which all that did was allow Randall to play more anyway. That was a really good trade. Mm. I like that trade. I. Did, I didn't mind that trade for either team. The other, the George Hill trade was an abomination. It, it, it's it's like with with Cle- uh, with Detroit. It was a risk that they felt like they had to make it. With Cleveland, it's it's a deal. It hasn't looked quite as good as it did the first week, but it was something they had to shake it up. Uh, it could go. It could end up looking like the wrong decision if Isaiah continues getting better. He looked pretty good last night. He has a little bit more of the burst that he had last season. He's still, he's still only like eighty percent of what he was. But he's getting closer, and maybe you're, if when mid-April comes and the playoffs are about to start, we'll be saying, 
well, geez, Isaiah looks ready to go. Maybe Cleveland should have just kept him and, and uh, worked through the difficulties they were having. If we had the entertaining as hell tournament mm. this year, the Lakers would be a really fun wild oh, card. Yeah. They'd get in. And then the variation of it. What would you think of the variation that trickled out? Which I did some more investigating, and apparently three years ago was seriously discussed. But it was basically seven versus 10, eight versus nine for the two seeds, one game, um, both conferences. So there would have been four games total. Who hosts it, the, the, the higher, the higher seed? Yeah. Plays one game. So the Lakers conceivably would have been the 10th seed. I'm going to do it right now. Isn't this? The I, I can't believe they're not doing this. I, I, they should just, it should be like the election or something where we should all get to vote. I feel like this would get 95% <laughs> of the vote. Isn't this kind of the entertaining as hell tournament right now though? I mean, we have the thunder as the four <laughs> seed and then the Lakers as the 10 or, or rather the, the nuggets as the, as the 10 and yeah. there's only three games separating them. I mean, th- this feels like the entertaining as hell tournament. It's I mean, true. And the thing is, it's well, to your point, it's not like this every year. And you're saying to make it like this every year by installing that tournament at the end of the season. But right so now, where, this, this is better than it's ever been for you, me. Where it gets less fun is with the East, because you would have Detroit yeah. and Charlotte in playing games, and nobody wants to nobody. watch them now, much less in a playoff situation. Are you going to be upset when they actually institute the entertaining as hell tournament and they call it something like the Sprite Challenge Series or something? <laughs> 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 the last person calling it the entertaining because you sort of own the corner right now because you named it. I did, but I, if it has to be the Sprite Challenge, I'm fine with that. Willing to compromise. A um, couple other NBA things and then we'll go. Utah's really good. Mm. I don't know how far their record went, but now they're 38 and 30. I've been watching them all year. They were one of our over under locks when we did the uh, over unders with House. I just like the team. I had no idea Mitchell was going to be this. But um, I I just liked what they did last summer, and I thought Rubio was going to be good. Then he looked terrible. Yeah. Now he looks good again. And uh, what's crazy is they might be a seven seed or an eight seed. You could make the case they're the third best team in the West, like right now. If you're just like, let's redraft the teams, who's the scariest? I might have them third. Who do you have third? KOC. So, I mean, obviously you have Houston, Golden State, one and two. I think Portland Portland would Portland's be the third. The other candidate, and, and Utah yeah. would probably be fourth, though. Um, that's, Who would you pick in a Portland-Utah series with Portland has home court advantage? So Portland's the three, and then Utah is yeah. the six seed. Game seven's in Portland. It's a pretty good one, How, right? How's Exum looking when he gets back? Does Exum I'm not get counting on Exum. Okay. Cross him off. Portland. Portland home, Bear. Game seven, Because yeah. of how Dame's playing. For sure. And I mean, he's really channeling Stephen Curry circa 15, 16 season right now. He's There's like a sneaky first team all NBA case building for Dame Lillard, who is somebody that I've I've been a little more lukewarm on than most over yeah, the years, but sure. I think he's been incredible the last three months. And, it, you know, people seem to be penciling DeRozan into that spot. I think the MVP race and all NBA are two different conversations. Um, if you switched all the depot and DeRozan, I think Toronto would be just as good. You do? I do. Really? I really do. DeRozan's been pretty spectacular. I and agree. Not, not just as a scorer, but as a playmaker, too. And I 100% that's agree. He's, he surpasses Oladipo as a playmaker. I think he's better. Sure. Def- Oladipo's better defensively. I think so, too. But I don't know if I don't know if, if it outweighed DeRozan's playmaking advancements. He's been spectacular. But DeRozan's been playing on that team with those guys for a bunch of years, which I think is at least a piece of this. I just think Oladipo's spectacular. So you're saying in a point. vacuum. I just think Oladipo's great. And I think statistically, he's a better three-point shooter. And I think he's a better defender. Um, I think you're right. DeRozan, 
can create a little bit more for teammates, but more, he's also more, more used guy. to those teammates. Who's in, who's Old Depot creating for? Can Thaddeus we, Young? Can we use that against him though? I mean, huh? he, he's been on the same team and Old Depot just got traded. I don't, I, my, I, I my point is the, the second first team all NBA spot should be wide open between Lillard, Oladipo, and DeRozan. Like, do you know what? Here, here you go, Clark. What do you think Indiana's record is right now? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I'd say mid forties and wins. They're forty and twenty eight, and they're the three seed right now. Who do you think their third best player is? Because <laughs> uh, Miles Turner is their second best player. Yeah. Who's their third best player? Statistically, yeah. Is is it that young? I don't know. Maybe. So Toronto's 10 wins better than them. I think what Oladipo's done in Indiana is actually kind of incredible. Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. I, to me, it's it's that they're 40 and 28 and have a chance to be the three seed and finish like 50 and 32 is fucking crazy. It is. I get the DeRozan yeah. thing. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, you know, but, this but, was, I knew this was going to be the week where I was like, Toronto. <laughs> But but Oladipo's led them to be a forty win team. DeRozan has led helped lead the Raptors to be one of the best teams in basketball. His team's much better. Of course it is. They're so much more talented, and they spent way much more way more money on players. I, I just think and they have a coach who's been De, there for yeah. nine years. DeRozan's, DeRozan's overall impact has just been more significant, in my opinion, because of the playmaking playmaking. Yeah, but that's your I, I'm that's your Bill. MVP case. Yeah, I'm with Bill. Um, so the All NBA so case is just like who are the best players this year. The MVP case is like who means the more to the who means the most to the best teams, right? I think so. I mean, it seems like every year the MVP definition changes. One year it's about the guy who has the triple double. The next year it's about the guy who has the best narrative. Uh, I don't know what an MVP is. I feel like it's it's individual to each voter. I'm on Team Bill here. I, I think what Oladipo's Thanks, done Kevin. is more impressive. So here are the stats: DeRozan is twenty four four and five. Oladipo is twenty four five and four. Um, percentages, Old Depot is slightly better and he's better from three. Higher PER, 2.2 steals a game. Old Depot has 10 more wins. It's pretty even. It is. Just statistically. I'm with you. Like the thing that I really like from DeRozan is he's had big moments when they really needed him in games that they kind of needed to win to protect their number one seed kind of area. But watching what Old Depot did against the Celtics and then how they handled their business in Philly. They they just won in Boston and Philly the last two games. No, you're still not buying. No, no I mean, Oladipo's been terrific. He, he, he changed his body. He changed his game. He's elevated his play and really helped turn the Pacers into a, a team that's going to make a little bit of noise in the East. They're not going to be probably beat Toronto, but they're definitely uh, feisty and they definitely, yeah, be they tough. definitely like each other. They're tough. It seems like Al Jefferson is like 45 years old now, but he's been the leader on the bench. Suddenly a team that, you know, I was dead wrong about with that trade. A lot of people were wrong about that trade last summer. There's hope. I mean, Oladipo is only 25 years old. Turner and Sabonis are both 21. They'll yeah. have cap space coming up and they're an appealing team. ton of cap space. I wish they had oh, made yeah. a trade in February. I think you got to save that cap space, though. I mean, if you're if you're a free agent and there's not a lot of teams with cap, you know, it's the bad teams like the Hawks that might have cap space, or there's a good team like the Pacers, you might want to go to Indiana and play with Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. Oladipo's three point attempts and three point percentage have both gone up every single year he's been in the NBA. Yeah, you saw the early Oladipo when they made him point guard as a rookie, which was idiotic. 
Um, he was put him with a bunch of terrible guys. Well, he was, t- he was so erratic him. because yeah. he, I mean, first of all, you know, you waste energy carrying the ball up the court. Yeah. But he he was just so erratic where he would. I remember a game in Brooklyn. He just completely exploded, and and you would see these flashes that this guy's one of the most exciting players in the NBA. And then other games, he just didn't have it. I mean, it's funny to me. Rob Hennigan, I remember Josh Robbins from Illinois Sentinel had written this a couple times, but Rob Hennigan believed shooters could get better. And that's why he took a lot of these guys yeah. who didn't have a jump shot. And the horse he should have bet on in that regard was Old Depot because he literally he went from 32% his rookie year to now uh, almost 37%. It's gotten better every single year. And so for some and reason. By the way, that's an impressive 37% because when you watch them, he has the ball with like six yeah. seconds left it, in the shot clock. It, it, it's the type of thing where it's it's not like he's an above slightly above average shooter. He takes a ton of shots off the dribble. Yeah, and a great, like, he's cooled off since the beginning of the season, but still overall. But he's taking tougher shots. Like I look for at sure. Draymond. Draymond, who there's this weird spot for third team All NBA with the third center that I have no idea who it is, and every person you'd mention you'd pick apart. Draymond shooting twenty nine percent on three this year. But all of those threes are wide open. Yeah. When you watch the Warriors, it's like, I haven't seen Draymond <laughs> even take a three with a hand in his face this year, and he's missing over 70% of them. <laughs> That's not good for them, I don't think. Who do you have as 13 all NBA center? Here are uh, your choices Jokic, Draymond, <laughs> Al Horford, uh, Andre Drummond. It's Horford because of the two way impact. Jokic has been tremendous offensively, but the defense is just horrific. As like you saw last night against the Lakers, when Isaiah just crossed him and giggled as he was on his way to the rim. Yeah, uh, Drummond. I just give Horford the slight edge because of his overall immense defensive impact. And you mean play- average Al? That's what yeah. some Boston radio host called him. And his playmaking ability is just unbelievable. I think it's Horford too, but I, I don't want to feel like I'm a homer because I'm voting him over Jokic because Jokic is like six assists a game. For a center, that's he's like an he's insane awesome. number. He's awesome. 17, 10, and 6 from Jokic, but he's a zero on defense. Oh, we, saw, maybe, we saw that last night. Unequivocal not, zero. Maybe not a zero, but a negative. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, oh. he's, he's really hard. He's a minus minutes. three on defense. He's really bad. And, and that's the type of thing where Jokic, like a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago, when he's racking up all these triple doubles, it was like, well, would you take him over Towns? It's like, no, you don't, because Towns has proven he can be a really, really good defensive player and an elite offensive player. Jokic has a long way to go to, to enter that class. Harden, Lillard, Oladipo, DeRozan, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook. I just listed seven guards. There's six all NBA spots. Who doesn't make it? Hmm. What were the last two you said? I'll do it again. Harden, Lillard, Oladipo, DeRozan, Curry, Kyrie, Westbrook. Well, think, six spots for those so seven I guys. I think Oladipo or DeRozan could fall off one of those mm. two, but I don't think it'll be DeRozan. Fall off all, all NBA? Well, here's the thing. From people who don't know basketball? Here, here's here's the thing. You got to consider the voters. Russell Westbrook's going to get on there. He is? What? Yeah, he is. You got to consider the pool of voters. Who is the I, pool I, I of voters? It's not my choice. Raiders? It's, it's who, who do we think Does will Does Young have 50 votes? <laughs> Jamal true. Crawford got some six man of the year votes last year. Probably will get him in the, again this year too. I had Westbrook <laughs> like definitively off a couple weeks ago, but now they've kind of risen to a top four seed. It's going to be tough to leave them on. Their schedule's really this hard. This is crazy, forward, but I think Steph could be the guy that gets bumped. I don't know. If he if he misses more because time and he only plays like sixty games this year, um, yeah. even though st- this has statistically hmm. been an insane season for him, I could see him getting voted. And also, if Kyrie misses another ten games, for sure, I, I think I think. Kyrie could also be on that list as well. Um, 
it, it depends. I mean, how much are people going to weigh the games played against the production? Because if you're looking at production, it's certainly Stephen Curry would be foolish to have not have him on it. But I mean, like if I get a vote, it's the type of thing where it's tough to weigh that. Uh, I, I think I would put Steph on there if he plays, let's just say, four <laughs> more games this season. I think the production over the 50-ish games has been significantly uh, For me, enough. Harden, Lillard, Oladipo, and DeRozan, unless they get hurt or locks. Your top four. I did. Those four guys have to be on one of the All-NBA teams. And then I'm watching Curry, Irving, and Westbrook for the other three spots. And if Curry can't finish at 65 games, I, I think this is one of the few years where durability matters. Who do you have off, Clark? Or have you just completely checked out in this no, NBA season? I, I have vaguely checked out. I'm more, I'm, I'm literally on tankathon.com right now. Okay, great. I'm checking that out. Um, I, I have not watched enough basketball to have okay. to, to make a, to make a intelligent point about Let that me, specific point. If LeBron doesn't make the first team all NBA, will you be flabbergasted? <laughs> um, well, I, no, no, just, I, I, just because of the way, I mean, the way the season is developed, I'm, I'm ready for anything. This is Bill's favorite topic. <laughs> I, we have to talk about it. Then we'll go. So Davis, I think, gets in as a center. It's center, two forwards, two yeah. guards. Davis is a center. Mm-hmm. Giannis, Durant, LeBron. Only two of those guys can make it. <laughs> I actually think Giannis yeah. is the one who's going to fall out because he, he has been secretly not nearly as effective for about six weeks. And the stats back it up. Yeah. Well, and you also have to consider KOC's point, which is the voters, the voters. are behind that, and they're just going to say, well, LeBron. Exactly. It, like With I said, that said, it's like Derek Jeter's gold gloves. Giannis could strap it on these next four weeks mm-hmm. and take it. And so then that, then it becomes LeBron versus Durant. Cause Giannis is his two way play. Him and Durant as two way players have just been better than LeBron. LeBron's having the best offensive statistical season of his career. He's not the same guy. What if LeBron turns it on too, though? He could just as well, like Giannis can. I mean, what if he's like, you know, screw this. We're going to make a push, you know, and grab a higher seed. You think he's going to increase his swing speed like Tiger did? 129 (laughs) miles per hour? (laughs) Swing speed increased. I don't don't think it's worth him doing it now. I think he needs to save it for mid-April, but he theoretically could. But I don't think he's going to do it just to get on Bill's first team all-NBA list. (laughs) uh, There's six forwards this year. Or the top six are, we mentioned three, Paul George, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns. It's it's for, there's a forward dearth. There's some reasons for that. We don't have Kawhi. Um, Jimmy yeah. Butler got hurt. I think he would have made All-NBA. We're just kind he, of a couple forwards short. Was he listed as a guard for All-Star, I think, Jimmy Butler? He might have been, but so I think he could have snuck in it. We got to get rid of these positional designations. Well, so that, so, so what, he's been he, he LeBron, by the way, has been all NBA every year since 2008. <laughs> first team, all first NBA. Team. I think voters like that sort of continuation. My guess is that he'll keep it again, but it's definitely it's been challenged this year. Oh yeah, and we've seen seasons. We saw this in um, you know, the center position in all NBA. There was a couple of years where Kareem, Kareem's in the league. It's just completely unfair <laughs> to everybody else. It's like, yeah, Kareem. And then it, there's no way to really kind of reward anyone else. And then now we're seeing with guards. It's a guard heavy league right now. Out of the best 15 players in the league, probably eight or nine of them are guards. And I we didn't even talk about Chris Paul, who 
I think the Rockets are 43 and seven when he plays. Another games played guy where that yeah. will be used against him. Right. But if he plays the rest of the way, they might go 58 and seven when he's on the court. Like, you know, interesting though. I, I like all this stuff. And I think we're about two weeks away from having some definite ideas. Who's, who's your number two MVP candidate right now, Davis? Yeah. I, I think Davis right behind Harden. Who do you have for, for three? Um, to make a case for DeRozan. There's a lot of guys. Is there is there more legitimate like top five candidates this year than usual? Because it feels like it to me. Yeah, but it's it's like guys that I wouldn't want to actually vote for to win the MVP. Sure, you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, it's like guys who deserve to be in the discussion, but Harden and Davis to a lesser degree are so far above I, everyone else. I think this LeBron's year. still up there for me because um, that team would be without him. Um, but that's he, he, partly his fault. I see when I think about MVP, I blame the players who put themselves in that situation. If they had the power to either stop it. Am I wrong to do that? Would Kyrie Irving still be there if LeBron like really fought oh, to keep him there? You're going even back even further. Okay. Yeah. Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith. Like he's, he, the reason they did all those <laughs> dumb contracts was because of LeBron. Doesn't that make him less valuable or am I crazy? I don't know. I'm like I said. I, I, don't, I don't know what MVP I is. I, I, I don't, don't know about I, I don't that. Know how to I don't know it. about that point, Bill. I mean, yeah. if, if he, that's you know. Now we're talking about executive. I guess it was a logical point. Exactly. I, I mean, like just valuable guys are valuable. That, that's something that happened a couple Kyrie years ago. He's not on his team anymore. I think. I think my top five would be something along the lines of Harden, Davis, DeRozan, LeBron, Durant. I think that would be the top five as of now. Bill, when you talk about guys who have the power to make personnel decisions and then making them, Shaq was historically terrible at, yeah. at picking the guys he wanted. Dwight Howard insisted on trading for Big Baby Davis, which was an all-time. Kobe had some bad ones. Yeah, I mean, is it where does LeBron rank on these? I want these guys as my teammates. Really low. Yeah. <laughs> really, and really it, bad. The bar is very low to begin with. He's bad in Miami, too. It's like, we yeah. got to get James Jones. Yeah. Uh, that- Norris, Norris Cole or Shabazz Napier? Who was the guy that Shabazz he, Napier. Shabazz Napier. Yeah. He loves Shabazz it, it, Napier. And that was Chris Ryan's fear with LeBron. It's like, well, it seems like everywhere he goes, he leaves the team just in, in, just in tarnished when he's gone. The Thompson yeah. JR contracts were indefensible at the time. It was just a, right. a crazy amount of money for those two guys when there was no, and Shumper too, to a lesser degree, but like there was just nobody else bidding. And that that's when it gets dangerous. When well, I, I guess LeBron is significant leverage in any, yeah, in, in well, any negotiation. <laughs> he used the leverage where basically like I'm signing short-term contracts. And if you, if I don't like the stuff you do, I'll leave again. The Kirk and Cousins that, move. The Kirk Cousins move. <laughs> do you like that? Uh, what are you working on this week, Clark? More free agency stuff. Um, I think that the way that teams build now is going to change forever, and I think there's you can't write enough about it. I also wrote a Tiger Woods piece this week. What are you cool. working on? Other yeah, that was a good piece. Thank what you. are you working on other than I don't believe in you, Victor Oladipo, <laughs> Kevin O'Connor? I, be, I believe completely. No, in Victor I listen. I heard wrote, what I heard. Wrote a big feature on him this season in December. Can check you know, that out. Like That's uh, fine. Did a Kentucky article today. Other than that, just doing a lot of draft guide stuff at the moment. The are you like two in the weeds with the draft? No. You sure? Yeah, it's fine balance. We need, we need to pull you out. No. Okay. Is Mo Bamba the best ceiling baseman guy we've had in a while? <laughs> Um, it's like a 42 story building with like an eight floor basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he's, I don't know if his basement's that quite as large as you think. I think he's going to be a solid player with his size. I mean, the only thing stopping him from being a 
seven foot nine wingspan dude that can protect the rim is injury. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a, at least a solid player. What draft player other than Colin Sexton has the chance to be have a Kemba slash Curry slash mm. Jimmer type run? Wait, did you say a, a, a Jimmer? Did, did, I, did I mishear I you? Somebody who gets everybody excited for a week. Oh, yeah. Um, Aside from Colin Sexton, I still think it could be Trey Young. Honestly, why can't it be? Please let it be Trey Young. We believe in you, Trey Young. I mean, like what he's probably somewhere in the middle from the highs earlier in the season and the lows now. Yeah. But what if he reaches those highs again in March Madison and leads Oklahoma, a team that probably has no business being in the tournament? Yeah. To on a run, I think it could be him. Still, we believe in you, Trey Young. Bill, I've been doing a deep dive on LeBron's All NBA. History. The yeah, last like time, ten straight years, right? You no, know, the last time he didn't make it, Amari Stoudemire did, and I can't. I, I'm just <laughs> in a amazing. weird spot right now, remembering that there was a time that that made sense. I don't know. What, to what was your highlight of the podcast? My dad blamed uh, Giselle. I, I'm going to tell you what it was. It was me spending five minutes figuring out how to address your dad. Do I say Bill's dad? Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what to Next say. You, you can't, I don't, I, you know, you call him dad. Dr. I'm, Bill. Okay, Dr. Bill. Could have called him dad. Okay. Oh, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to check it out at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Yeah. Enjoy the tournament. We're coming back on Friday morning with one more podcast. And, uh, and check out the site because we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff with March Madness, including on Instagram. Uh, on YouTube and a whole bunch of different places. Kevin's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us.